0: Coming up on Does America, the latest on Leah Thomas and her continued assault on the swimming world. Bill Maher continues to alienate his lefty audience. Oh, it's so fun. And you can head over to blazeTV.com slash Stu right now. Enter the promo code Stu because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus you'll save 10 bucks off a subscription to the content you need at Blaze TV. And a dude talking to other dudes and sometimes chicks has completely fractured our society. It makes so much sense. Let's do Joe Rogan. Stu does America. Well, first it was Neil Young. And then it was Joni Mitchell. By the way, both of them still alive. It's true. I mean, at least that's that's what the reporting uh, says in the mainstream media. I don't know for sure, but I think they're still alive. They're still making statements. And then... Some person who was in Bruce Springsteen's band, they pulled their music off of Spotify too. I think maybe it was the triangle player. It's like, ding, 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 nope, no more. Not on Spotify, boys and girls. Uh, Why? Because Joe Rogan's on Spotify. Now, of course, Joe Rogan has always been on Spotify. He's now just exclusively on Spotify, which somehow makes it different or worse. You know who else is on Spotify? Studez America. That's right. I mean, if you're sitting here thinking to yourself, you know, I'm going to start listening to Joe Rogan more on Spotify because of all this craziness while you're there. I mean, I certainly would 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 appreciate it if you happen to go over and subscribe and listen and do whatever options they give you. They probably have a thumbs up or a star or something like that. Whatever it is, click it. And even if you're listening on other podcast uh, platforms, we always welcome you to subscribe to five or six different platforms uh, because that that's that's what the that's the real supporter does subscribes to like 47 different platforms uh, for the show. We do appreciate it, uh, and uh, we are on Spotify, so check it out, we, we do uh, love when you do that. Um, all of this is going on, and of course, Joe Rogan is getting a lot of pressure. Now, uh, Spotify, it's not a surprise. Spotify is siding with Joe Rogan. They've invested a reported $100 million for some term. No one seems to know how long this term is, but he's getting a lot of money. Uh, thats uh, It's a big investment by Spotify, and Spotify believes that later this year, I believe it is, they will pass Apple Podcasts for total listens. They think they are going to be, you know, winning uh, this this war. Uh, so they've invested a lot in, into into this uh, part of their business, and they want to make it a success. You know, what if four people listen to Neil Young songs? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess some. I don't know how many Triangle uh, fans there are out there, but Bruce Springsteen's Triangle player. He's out there, and he prob- there's probably dozens of listens over the past five or six years that are just going to be erased from the platform. It's devastating to their business. But Joe Rogan's a big part of their business, and so it's no surprise right now, of course, that they're siding with Joe Rogan. Now, if this dynamic changed, and you started having, like, Beyonce saying it or Taylor Swift saying it, who knows what would happen? It could, it could change, and could change quickly. Uh, Joe Rogan is out with uh, I, you know, I go back and forth on it. I don't—it's sort of an apology— Sort of a, I'm gonna a course correction maybe uh, from Joe Rogan. Um, it was on his Instagram page. It was uh, about nine minutes long, uh, and it, you know, it's just him talking to the camera, and being Joe Rogan, and trying to be honest with his audience. And you know, there's a, to me a, some cringy moments of. Of doing the opposite of what I think the Joe Rogan audience wants, which is they don't want him apologizing for nonsense. He didn't do anything wrong. He had conversations with people, people who have great resumes and, and have you know different opinions than a lot of other doctors out there. That shouldn't you shouldn't be thrown in the dungeon for that, uh, that podcast is, uh, you know, that medium in particular is specifically designed for that type of com- uh, conversation, a long conversation with lots of nuance and lots of details and maybe a meandering path through the information. So you can try to understand it a little bit better than you would in a quick news clip you might see on a major uh, you know, mainstream news source. Um, let me give you a couple clips from this. This is uh, Rogan talking about how Spotify is going to try to deal with the controversy of him saying things he's not supposed to.
1: One of the things that Spotify wants to do that I agree with is that at the beginning of these controversial podcasts, like specifically ones about COVID, is to put a disclaimer and say that you should speak with your physician and that these people and the opinions that they express are contrary to the opinions of uh, the consensus of experts, Mm. which I think is very important. Mm -hmm. Sure, have that on there. I'm very happy with that. Um, Also, I think uh, if there's anything that I've done, that I could do better is uh, have more experts with differing opinions right after I have the controversial ones. Uh, I would most certainly be open to doing that. And uh, I would like to talk to some people that have uh, differing opinions on those podcasts in the future.
0: We'll see. Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, I will say this. There's a lot of noise that gets made, particularly on the conservative side of these warnings that pop up below tweets and below videos. I don't care about them at all. I frankly, if they want to put them on every single video, I don't care. Um, If you replace the links instead of CDC information and replace it with hardcore porn, no one would notice for six months. No one clicks on them. They do absolutely nothing except give the company that's hosting the material a disclaimer. So they can go to the media and say, we've posted these things, and uh, you should say, there are warnings on there. I mean, we're doing our side. In some ways, like, that's actually the best, uh, the best response we're getting from these big tech com- companies right now. Post your stupid warnings. No one's clicking on them anyway. And even if they do, fine. They get the other side of the information too. I guess that's probably happened once when they were, like, testing the link to make sure the link worked. Other than that, I don't know that it's happened at all. But, the, you know, the, the warning messages don't bother me all that much. Um, he also talked about uh, what he can do differently to change his approach to his show.
1: I don't know what else I can do uh, differently other than maybe try harder to get people with uh, differing opinions on right afterwards. I do think that that's important. And... Uh, And do my best to make sure that I've researched these topics, the the controversial ones in particular, and have all the pertinent facts at hand before I discuss them. Again, I'm not trying to promote misinformation. I'm not trying to be controversial. I've never tried to do anything with this podcast other than just talk to people and have interesting conversations. And that's
0: what made him successful. And if he starts doing like, here's the other side of every issue, he's not going to be successful. I assume he probably knows that there's probably a part of this. That's, you know, like Spotify saying, Hey, make this a little easier for us. Can you do something? And he's trying to, to help. Uh, I, I think that they probably have a good relationship, uh, you know, they've made a lot of money together and I'm sure they want that to continue. Though, I don't know how much I believe he shouldn't be doing that. Like, look, believe me, people who Dr. Anthony Fauci has been on television. I am under the impression several times in the last couple of years multiple instances of him being on television telling you what he thinks you should do about COVID. I don't think that Joe Rogan, no matter how popular he is, can possibly uh, overwhelm the amount of times we've all heard we need to get vaccinated and boosted and wear masks like I think everybody knows it. Like this is another part of this stuff. These guys have different opinions. Joe Rogan wants to present that. There's no one sitting there going, well, I don't know. I wonder I have no idea. This is the only thing I've heard about COVID. What is this? This magical COVID thing. I've never heard of it before. It's insultingly stupid. It's also why I just don't care about those links. I mean, I, you know, whatever. Put them down there if you want. Um, Rogan, though, is, you know, if you've ever heard of Joe Rogan, and what is he most famous for? I mean, he's got a big podcast. He also did a show where people were, like, eating spiders. This is not the guy you go for health advice to. Does anybody know that? He talks about doing drugs on the show, like, every episode. This is, <laughs> this is not your doctor. I think everybody would know that, and everyone knows, talk to your doctor if you have a real health concern. There's a lot of information out there, and it's, sometimes it's interesting to listen to and think about and hear, and you know, maybe it opens your mind to new possibilities to ask your doctor about. But you shouldn't just start ingesting things because you watched YouTube. Who does that? If you do that, you're dumb, okay? Nobody's doing that. Ask your doctor if you have a legitimate health condition, and, and Rogan pointed out, he's not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist. I'm just a
1: person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely, I get things wrong. But I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions.
0: Yes, and this is why Joe Rogan has been successful. He's, He's interviewed people all over the map from different areas of entertainment to sports to politics. He'll talk to anybody from any political bent. He'll talk to all sorts of people about all sorts of different things. And he's not a scientist. You should not go to Dr. Joe Rogan for your health advice, obviously. I mean, look, and part of the thing here is he mentioned he wants to do more research. Should you do research before doing an interview? Yeah, probably. You should probably have some idea where you're going with it, what are good questions to ask, of course. But a big part of his podcast in particular was that they were just hanging out. It was him and a bunch of comedians initially, and then he started talking to different people, and a lot of it came from, hey, I'm gonna start with my knowledge level right now and ask what might be, what some people might think are dumb questions. So what? A lot of people have them. And a lot of people ask questions that you know, they, they wonder about certain things and they don't know, and. Part of the reason Joe Rogan has been successful is particularly when you don't know something about the topic. He comes at it from your perspective. He's not coming at it from like an advanced, you know, uh, understanding of every issue. He comes at it from a regular guy perspective and asks questions. Let me give you an example of this. Very early on in the COVID-19 saga, I remember listening to a Joe Rogan interview. It was one of the first, you know, interviews I remember really listening to. Of, um, of a, you know, a real virologist about what COVID could turn into. It was early March, I think, maybe of, of 2020. And he had Michael Osterholm on. Now, Michael Osterholm wound up being an advisor for Joe Biden. OK, for uh, his uh, for his expertise in the world of, uh, uh, you know, uh, the spread of viruses and such. He's gone on to be critical of Biden's response in some ways. Uh, but he is an advisor for Biden. This is not some right winger. And, you know, look, this this is, I want to give you an example of the type of questions he was asking Michael Osterholm at the beginning of this. Watch.
1: Let me ask you something <laughs> about sauna use. One of the things that I read was that if you are. In contact, that 20 minutes in a sauna, in a a really hot sauna, is uh, very good for killing some of the virus. Is that bull****? Yes. So it doesn't have any impact at all? The the idea was that the breathing in of the very hot air, 180 degree air for 20 minutes, will kill some of the virus. See, if that temperature of 180 degree air got really into your lungs, your lungs would be fried. You'd be dead. The virus would have to be just in your mouth or something like that. Even then, no? No, no. Jesus, Michael. That's unfortunate because that, uh, that was exciting. Even if you're doing like some crazy deep breathing exercises, where you slowly exhale all the air out there's nothing left and then breathe it all the way in. I, my,
2: I, I'm giving you my best shot at it. It's not going to make much difference. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, look, a lot of people read rumors like that at the beginning of COVID. And if you had real questions about that, and you might have believed it. Didn't Joe Rogan do a service there? He told people that might have believed some kind of crazy Internet idea that breathing in hot sauna air might cure COVID. And he had an expert on who explained it. And that may have helped people understand the virus a little bit better. In fact, the whole interview was very interesting. Some of the questions were really, you know, based on real uh, deep science. Some of it was more sauna questions. But is that so bad? You know, I mean, I I, he comes at it from a perspective of asking honest questions from a person that doesn't always fully understand the topic. That's okay. That's totally fine. But because he's been somewhat—I don't even think completely—but somewhat skeptical. on the COVID situation, he talked about uh, he was almost vaccinated at one point. I know he said he was going to get vaccinated for some MMA event, and then he wound up not getting it and getting COVID a little bit later on. And because he's taken some of the more alternative treatments, he's gotten in the news and, and is now painted as this unbelievable right wing conspiracy nut. This is bonkers. If you know anything about Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Bernie Sanders campaign made an ad about Joe Rogan endorsing Bernie Sanders it's currently still on their YouTube page. The ad they crafted of an interview that Bernie did um, with uh, Joe Rogan. In fact, that one is a clip he talked about later where he said he was going to vote for Bernie in the primary. He was a Bernie guy. Bernie for Bernie Sanders. And, you know, look, Joe Rogan is a lot of things, but and he might be against the mainstream media on some issues, but he's not a conservative by any means. He certainly, I don't think, would describe himself that way. And, you know, you look at, for example, the Bernie Sanders interview in particular, uh, it shows a couple things that he is. He's always been a guy who has been sort of skeptical of maybe what you would call mainstream medicine or big pharmaceutical companies or whatever. And like, that's fine. A lot of people are that way. That doesn't mean you get rid of a podcaster because he's saying those types of opinions. Let me give you an example of this, though. This is from his interview with Bernie Sanders. Besides the guns. The gun manufacturers, right, I'm sorry. Right.
1: B- besides the guns and the gun manufacturers, the other gigantic issue is mental health. Yeah. The only way any of this ever happens is someone has to be insanely mentally depraved. That's the only way. Talking about And many mass of shootings. Them are medicated. And many of them are on pharmaceutical drugs and they have been since they were children, including Amphetamines like Adderall and Prozac and all this different stuff that has Varied effects on the human brain What could be done? What would you done to analyze this to find out what the cause and effect are and to try to figure out what what role and how much These drugs are responsible.
0: Okay, so he's you know kind of like and a lot of people believe this, you know But he's talking about how, um, you know, drugs that, you know, are designed for depression or whatever attention deficit disorder might cause mass shootings. He went on to talk a lot about uh, guns and uh, some of the restrictions that Bernie Sanders wants to put on them, not always disparagingly by any means. He also went on to talk about uh, taxes. and, And I mean, look, this guy, the guy I'm about to show you is being painted as a conservative right now. Watch. How many Americans actually believe that we should give tax breaks to billionaires and cut Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid? Very few. That is, talk to Mitch McConnell,
3: get Mitch on the show, that is exactly what he believes. But
1: well, that's ridiculous, right? And it seems that if you just took away those tax breaks, the enormous amount of money that would come from those corporations <laughs> having to pay their fair share would take care of a lot of the expenses of all these things that you're proposing. Exactly.
0: I mean, that is a dream interview for Bernie Sanders. Hey, what if we raise taxes on the rich? Would it pay for all the stuff? Yes. <laughs> At one point, he's shaking his head so hard, I think it's going to pop off. He's so excited someone's presenting the information that way. Look, Joe Rogan's no conservative. The guy, you know, you, you want to vote for Bernie Sanders, you can vote for Bernie Sanders. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with someone being a liberal and having liberal opinions. They shouldn't be kicked off of a podcasting platform. You know, if you're the type of person who is thinking like, I don't I don't want my music, my podcast hosted on the same platform as someone else with a different opinion. You're the weirdo. Like you're the problem here. Not Joe Rogan. You you're the problem. That's just a weird, psychotic thing. Look at the New York Times has conservative and liberal columnists. Kind of. You have, you know, all these newspapers and their editorial sections were designed to have both views at many, at least at some points. Not, Not always. But that used to be the way we did things. Right. You'd have people who were you'd be friends. They would talk together. They would be you'd be able to have both opinions. Now we have to throw people off because they believe this. And a lot of this happens to come down to just weird teams like Joe Rogan. When he was pitching Bernie Sanders, I don't think was people weren't cheering him on on the conservative side for that. But now they like his opinion on covid. So all of a sudden he's a hero. Bill Maher was always an enemy he was the worst, crazy liberal person. Now he's a superhero. Let me give you another example. This is from um, CNN this weekend. This is a clip of uh, the Brian Stelter uh, experience which I believe he's calling it now, uh, with Kat Rosenfield. And this made the the, uh, the circles of conservative media this weekend. And and let, let me show it to you, Watch,
3: Kat, you wrote on Twitter about Spotify. You went viral for a comment about it yesterday. Tell us your point of view first about this Spotify mess, because it's really dominated the week.
4: Yeah, you know, what I think is interesting about the backlash against Spotify vis-a-vis Joe Rogan is that... Um, you know, people are fundamentally angry about not being able to stop his audience from wanting news that is bad for them, Uh, you know, wanting something that's bad for them. So, you know, we're all haunted by the specter of this guy who's listening to Joe Rogan and internalizing this bad information and making bad choices as a result. But Rogan is like a weed that sprang up outside the mainstream media ecosystem and he thrived there and he has this huge audience. And that's what's really scary, that Spotify could kick him off tomorrow and, it wouldn't make a dent. It wouldn't make a dent in his audience. People would still listen to him, and crucially, they still wouldn't trust more mainstream media sources. And I think that's what's really, really frightening to people.
0: A lot of conservatives saw that and said, "Oh my gosh, well, we are haunted by the specter of you know this person who's getting wrong information from from Joe Rogan." Well, I mean. If you Kat Rosenfield is is like a libertarian, she is, I assure you, not opposed to free speech. She's not the enemy here by any means. In fact, in the same interview, she's arguing that you shouldn't cancel Joe Rogan. Watch.
4: Providing as much information as possible is, you know, in the hopes that it will eventually get to the people who need it, providing as much good information as possible is probably a better bet than trying to, you know, shut down somebody who's already got a massive popular platform, um, you know, from reaching the people who are going to seek him out no matter what.
0: You know, it's just bizarre here. We get in these weird team moments where everyone just wants to attack the moment, the person who's in front of them at that moment, whoever happens to make the viral rounds. This is a person who is absolutely on your side when it comes to censorship. She does not want people censored, the, but it doesn't seem to matter to anybody anymore. The truth here is that Joe Rogan should be able to do his freaking show and say whatever the hell he wants. He shouldn't have dumb links below him. He shouldn't have disclaimers he needs to make. He shouldn't have to bring on both sides of every issue. That just makes for a boring show. There is plenty of ways for you to access the information that is out there. You know that. We all know that. But the point here is that the left doesn't want you to be able to access that information. They want to be able to, to put up a wall so that you can't make up your own mind. Even if you make a dumb decision, this is America. We were built on dumb decisions. So let me give you one more. Don't forget, Spotify, Stood as America, available now. It might be the dumbest decision you ever make, but we'll enjoy it together. A lot of people looking for different ways to invest and want to uh, check out some options maybe they never thought of before. Uh, If you don't want to spend your retirement, uh, you know, watching your wealth waste away, Uh, we've seen some of the freedoms eroding around here lately. Maybe you want some different options. What about investing in Panama? Now, Panama is different than the United States. It's you know It's got some areas that are incredibly beautiful. Uh, and every dollar in your savings account is worth like 10 times as much because, well, they've got taxes are like 0%. Uh, that, that's famously known. They haven't had a financial crisis in over 20 years, including even in 2008. Um, you can live on the beach in comfort and security on like $24,000 a year. If you've ever dreamed of retiring on the beach, maybe just vacationing uh, there, check it out. Why wait any longer? Get the information, The American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama from Buy Panama Now. It's 100% free for the audience. And just uh, head over to buypanamanow.com slash stew. Buypanamanow.com slash stew. Get your copy today. Check out this information. It's cool. Buypanamanow.com slash stew. I want to bring in Dan Andros, managing editor of faithwire.com. Dan, how's it going? Good. Good to hear. Better than, I guess, some of the uh, swimmers on the Penn swimming <laughs> team. Uh, there's a new story out from the Daily Mail uh, saying that sharing a locker room with transgender swimmer Leah Thomas has become a point of contention for some of her teammates who feel uncomfortable changing in the private space. And, and we get some interesting new details, at least to me, about this story. We, we knew... About the idea that Leah Thomas was kicking everyone's ass, basically. I mean, right. you know, winning all these uh, races and setting all these records, and you know, ruining the the competition inside of sports uh, when it comes to women's uh, swimming at Penn. But this is a new detail in that apparently Leah Thomas uh, still has the male parts. Uh, hmm. Is uh, changing in the women's room in full view of all of the female swimmers. And also we learn that Leah Thomas, who is now, we are to believe, a woman, but also is attracted to women. So is, I guess, a trans woman lesbian who's attracted to the female swimmers around her in the, the uh, dressing room. I mean, this we have multiple new layers on the story.
2: Yeah, and it reminds me of like you know how um, you'll I forget what the exact saying is, but basically when you tell a lie, it just leads to more problems because then you have to like cover up the first lie, then you right. got to tell another lie to cover up that lie, and it's the second lie. I feel like that's sort of what we're in with all these transgender rules that America now has to supposedly follow. So you go from this first premise that I'm not the gender, the biologic biological sex that I actually am born at. I start by just denying that. And then now we have to go down and when we as a society say, oh, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Now you have to just all these other things start happening. And it's it's like the guy with like 16 girlfriends trying to cover up all the tracks like, well, no, we can't we can't have that because I wasn't there. I was actually over there. And oh, wait, now she caught me. I mean, it's just it's almost impossible (laughs) to keep up with at this point, like when you're supposed to be offended or not offended or. Uh, um, whatever the case may be. But the but the worst part about it is, is that you have actual girls, actual women who are being harmed by this and no one seems to care about uh, their feelings.
0: Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if you sent your daughter to Penn and your daughter's on the swim team and every day she has to get changed in front of... A guy, you know, I mean, mean, maybe that's a totally outdated and antiquated view, but I guarantee you every dad uh, of a kid and that swim team has has had it cross their mind and it can't be comfortable.
2: No. And I keep saying every time I see stories like this, uh, as you know, Stu, we homeschool here in the Andros family. And I keep every time I see something like this, my reaction is just like, wow, these homeschooling ads are amazing, aren't they? (laughs) And uh, because that's what it is. I mean, why? And then also, why would you pay? You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to send your kid to some disaster zone like this. I mean, I mean, the the Mike Rose stuff, you know, like going into the trades and, you
0: know, not necessarily making college a must option Mm. is looking stronger by the day. Yeah, no, it's true. I have a a friend uh, who lives here in Texas and sending their son to Yale. It's seventy five thousand dollars a year. You couldn't
2: pay me $75,000 a year to send my kid to Yale at this point. Like, I, I don't care what job they could
0: get coming out of there. It's not worth it. It's no, not worth it. It really is insane. And and, and, and let's – stepping back here and thinking about how fast these things change, I guess. I mean, yeah. you know, I, th- I really do feel like we have just gone through a period of a Me Too movement where – a guy with putting doing anything that was unwanted un- by the woman, whether it was a, 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 an attempt at a kiss that went awry, asking her out, um, maybe uh, flirting with her at work, that's a Me Too violation. It gets guys fired all over man the place. Man spreading. Man, man <laughs> spreading on the train. All of these things were terrible Me Too violations and at the same time that's going on we're also supposed to believe that it's totally okay and not not even not even okay to question the fact that there is a biological male with biological male parts getting changed in a women's locker room. How can these two things be going on simultaneously?
2: That's the crazy part is that it's unquestionable. You are not even allowed to even just insinuate at all that there might be some nefarious motives here. Uh, And I mean, look, you know, I've been to college and I've been around the, the stereotypical college guy, you know? And it's like, I guarantee you there are some dudes plotting this stuff right now, you know, <laughs> and, and they're just like, hey, guys, you know what we could do right now? If mm. we just kind of let's just say this and, uh, you know, it'll open up some doors, let's just say to the to the stereotypical <laughs> college dude. But, Stu, to t- you make the point about how far it's changed? And um, I saw a tweet today and I want to let's all take a mental exercise mm. and let's let's go in a time machine. Let's hop in our DeLorean. Let's go back to the year 2012. Barack Obama's president. And he has just declared that uh, he is publicly, I think for the first time that he is supporting gay marriage. Mm -hmm. So we're there in 2012. That's the national politics. A democratic president is barely, you know, just now saying, you know what, as this gay marriage thing, I'm I'll support you now. Yeah, if we it so just stop at.
0: real quick where that was also only done because Joe Biden screwed it up and messed up the rollout and blurted it <laughs> out too early. Uh, so we should point so out he that didn't Joe even
2: Biden want to. He didn't even want to do he's it. He's been then.
0: screwing these things up uh, for a very long time. But, but I, right. I digress. So so
2: we hop out of our DeLorean and you've got your phone open and you grab the first person there on the road that you see and you say, hey, check this out. I'm, I'm from 2022. Look at this. <laughs> and it's this is the bravest tweet of 2022. You're going to show it to him. And it's Dan Crenshaw, and he's saying men can't get pregnant. How is that 2012 person going to look at you? They're going to be like, what? Well, duh, of course men can't. What are you talking about? And you just be like, just wait, Mr. <laughs> 2012 person, just wait. And then you hop back in your DeLorean and you go. And they're going to be wondering for the next 10 years what's going on. But, I mean, think about that. It would be insane back, probably even sooner than that, but... You know, just to prove your point.
0: No, it's true. I mean, it's, uh, it would be. It's an incredible roller coaster ride you're about to go through, Mister 2012. I think I would be <laughs> shocked just that Twitter still existed in 2022. Yeah. Uh, yet, al- let alone it was still setting policy. I am- mean, amazingly. Um, <laughs> w- what, what, one thing I think is really brutal here to look at this when you when you look at this story is that this is now OutKick has had multiple interviews with uh, with other swimmers on the team. Daily Mail has swimmers uh, um, interviews with other members of the team. I would love to talk to someone who's on this team to try to understand what this is like going through. However, I, I'm not well sourced on the Penn swimming team. I don't know any of their names, and the reason I don't know any of their names is because they're all unnamed in these in these stories. Over and over again, they are they have to hide. Their names from even going into these stories, because as one of them put it in the Daily Mail story today, I don't want someone Googling me for the next 20 years. Every time I go to get a job and next to it is just transphobe, transphobe, transphobe. They're terrified of saying that they they don't want to be naked in the same room with with a, a guy who has at least has guy parts. They're terrified for taking that side of that issue at the same time we're supposedly going through a Me Too revolution. I mean, this is it really is terrorizing, I think, these these women and and they're 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 saying it, but they won't say it publicly.
2: Yeah. What a time to be alive. Right. But it, but I, I have long contended, Stu, that this LGBT movement has largely been based on fear and intimidation and bullying. And I, I don't. Because what you're seeing here now is not I don't think there's any person on the planet who doesn't say, you know what, we should sympathize with someone who is going through this where they don't feel like they're the same sex that they were born as. Like that's a mental condition. And, you know, I think everyone can sympathize with that. But but the leap they're taking now, and I think that they're feeling safe to do this because of the groundwork that all this intimidation and bullying and and canceling and everything else that's gone on related to the LGBT movement, uh, and and they're making you deny basic truths, things that we can basically blatantly see are 100% fact, like this Leah swimmer is a biological male. They were born a biological male. Uh, And you can't even say that now without fear of backlash. That is a 100% true fact. And, um, you know, they don't identify as that. So they're a transgender. That's those those are all true things here. But you you can't even say that now. And I think that's where the movement has sort of jumped the shark where they're trying to enforce this, where you can't even have your own thought outside of what they think. And um, uh, it's just it's, you know, you get bumper sticker slogans thrown at you and it's worked for in large part. You know, it's worked for them now. People will bow down. Oh, yeah, I don't want to be a transphobe. I don't want to be just like you said. They yeah. don't want to be Googled. They don't want to be labeled a transphobe. No, and so I,
0: I think that's what you're seeing. It's true. I mean, I saw something from Bill Maher this weekend where he was saying this. There's a small group of people on the far left that are, and a much larger group uh, on the left that is that is afraid to say anything about it. Like, it's not, they no. don't believe this. I mean, 99% of people understand that this is just this is crazy. Um, and, you know, like, again, like, I remember Ellen saying it was something like, uh, you know, your gender is a feeling you have in your mind. And it's like, well, that might be interesting to that person, that individual. They should go sort that out and figure out how they feel. But if, it's not up to us to, to judge feelings in someone else's mind. We have to actually look at the factual uh, information on the ground. And, I, you know, I look, I don't think Leah Thomas is doing a bit here. I, I think she. this is a, a big commitment uh, at this point. Uh, no one's this committed to a bit, unless you're Andy Kaufman. Um, but, like, this is uh, it, so, you're right. Somebody is going to do this. I mean, this was the plot of Porky's, if if I remember correctly. Uh, in some ways, the documentary film "Porkies." Uh, <laughs> some guy is going to try this, and it's not going to end up um, uh, in a pretty fashion. Um, let me, before we, uh, I let you go, Dan. I want to, I want to hit the game from this uh, weekend in LA, where Gavin Newsom, Magic Johnson, uh, Garcetti was there. Uh, London, uh, the the mayor, uh, what's her interface, Face London. Uh, I can't think of her Reed. name. Reed. Reed, Thank you. Um, she was, uh, uh, she was uh, there as well. All of them taking pictures with each other. We have the one with Magic Johnson and. Gavin Newsom uh, unmasked at the game indoors, uh, talking to each other, hugging each other. I didn't see anybody in this stadium unmasked uh, or, or with with a mask, excuse me, um, except for Leonardo DiCaprio, who had it under his chin. This hypocrisy has got to bother even Democrats, doesn't
2: it? Oh, my gosh. It's just it's insufferable. And I think I have Newsom's quote here I'm trying to see if I can find it here. But basically, he said that I was being very judicious. I was being very cautious. I had my mask in my hand and I just took it off for the picture. Okay. So, according to the science that you guys have laid out, so you were willing to spread COVID for a picture with Magic Johnson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not a good argument. And
2: then you didn't want to spread it the rest of the time. This doesn't make sense, guys. This stuff is all insane. Now, meanwhile, by the way, you've got a stadium full of people not wearing their masks. You've got all the politicians who make the rules telling everybody they can't wear masks. And then you've got kids lining up single file and wearing masks. Like, would it be okay? Would Gavin Newsom be all right with school kids not wearing masks? If we gave them all the kids a beer at school and let them watch a game, would they then be allowed to take their
0: masks off? Like, what is the science here, guys? None of this stuff makes sense. And they know it doesn't make sense. It's just no. blatant hypocrisy at this point. But that's what Gavin Newsom is best at, uh, so I'm not <laughs> surprised. Uh, Dan Andros, a managing editor at faithwire.com. You would follow him on Twitter uh, and make sure uh, that you do. Dan, thanks for coming on the program. All right, thank you. Ah, I remember the old days, like 2000, maybe 18. And we had Tika Tawari on. He did a special here at The Blaze about what was coming in the world of cryptocurrency and blockchain and Bitcoin. And, you know, people had called him crazy back in 2016. We saw this big rise up in 2017. But then there was a crash. And, you know, Tika came on in the middle of the crash and said, this is not over. Uh, and in fact, this is going to go up to forty thousand. Uh, and I remember thinking, you know, look, he's going to. I'm a crypto guy. I like Bitcoin a lot, but still, that's a little aggressive. And it didn't happen by the end of the year, but it happened, I think, what a year or two later, where now we are at forty thousand, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Bitcoin crashed to forty thousand. It's been a, a wild ride, and Tika Tawari has been on the, uh, you know, the, the cutting edge of this, the very beginning. This is a you know, multi-trillion dollar asset class now. The big players are in. You should think about whether you should be in as well. Sometimes the wins are so big, they will erase any losses 100 times over. Uh, you know, Look, you're not too late. You're still one of the first people in at this point. Uh, check it out. Do your research um, and, and try to understand this exciting world. It really is cool, and it's been life-changing for a lot of people. Uh, sign up for Tika Tuari's uh, Palm Beach letter now. BigTReport.com is the place to go to get his report. BigTReport.com. Check it out now.
3: BigTReport.com. It's not me who's changed, it's the left, who is now made up of a small contingent who've gone mental and a large contingent who refuse to call them out for it. But I will. That's why I'm a hero at Fox these days. (laughs) Which shows just how much liberals have their head up their ass, because if they really thought about it, they would have made me a hero on their media. Yeah! But that can't happen in this ridiculous new era of mind-numbing partisanship, where if I keep it real about the nonsense in the Democratic Party, it makes me an instant hero to Republicans. The same thing happened in reverse to Darth Vader's daughter, Liz Cheney, (laughs) who is now a hero to liberals, simply because she recognizes Biden did not steal the last election. What a sad commentary. On our politics, where simply acknowledging reality is now seen as a profile in courage, I think I even said this on the show. Can you imagine going back to
0: like 2008 and telling Dick Cheney that his daughter would be a hero of MSNBC? Uh, things. This is a weird, weird time. Uh, Bill Maher's uh, right, and I will say, you know, going back to his days on politically correct on ABC, he got fired for a comment he made about. Uh, about 9-11, right after 9-11. I don't remember. It, was, it seemed like it was only a few weeks after 9-11. And uh, he got fired for that comment. And I remember Glenn and I talking on the air back then, saying, like, look, you got to defend speech and defend people's rights to their opinions. This show's called Politically Incor- Incorrect. Maybe you knew what you were buying, you know? Um, and I remember it being very unpopular at the time with the audience. Uh, you know, look... This is why and I know uh, many of the people uh, who are here today and and have listened to radio for all these years are the people who believe this is true, that like even when it's uncomfortable, you still uh, stick to your principles and believe those things Um, and you just try to get it right. That's all you can do. That's really all you can do. And Bill Maher is really interesting to, to us right now because he's the one the only one of the only people saying like, hey, shut up. Let's be honest about it. We know that men are men and women are women. We know these basic truths, and we have to stop denying it. So good for him. Uh, by the way, of course, the Super Bowl uh, is uh, going to be Rams uh, facing the Cincinnati Bengals, which I, if you had that pick at the beginning of the year, congratulations. It's a good one. Um, but uh, if you just could do a basic thing, one basic thing, pick a quick football game. What's the, what's the, what are the score? What's the score going to be? 27 uh, 27-24. Chiefs losing to the Bengals, and then 20-17, uh, to 17, um, the Rams and 49ers. The best part about this is somebody bet $20 on those two exact scores and nailed it. Turned the 20 bucks into $579,000 for picking the score of two games. That seems so easy. They're even like normal football scores. It's not some weird score. Just two scores, 20 bucks into $579,000. i am going to retire and now just gamble full-time. Back in a second. In a culture of increasing sources of misinformation, it's now more important than ever for parents to raise kids that like are asking questions, that know to go out and find their own answers, to understand how the world works and are interested in finding out All of those secrets to life. Annie's Genius Box is an excellent way to encourage your kids' curiosity while providing fun activities that are entertaining and educational. Each month, your young scientists will get a new box bursting of three hands-on activities to explore exciting STEM themes like, you know, geology, chemistry, aerodynamics, so many more. It's perfect for kids age 7 to 12. If you got one of those, I got two of them. I got two of them. Genius box can empower your kids' imagination and critical thinking skills. Check it out. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy these. Annie'sKitClubs.com slash stew is the place to go. You save 50% off your first box now. Annie'sKitClubs.com Annie's slash stew. Annie'sKitClubs.com slash stew. Check it out. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify as well as anywhere else you get your podcast. We do appreciate it. We are just, we will kind of just spread ourselves around. We have no standards whatsoever. Uh, But check it out. Um, And you can also watch it on YouTube. Subscribe there. Click the little bell. We do appreciate that uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know, it makes our lives a little bit easier. And comments come in th- during the show. We love to hear them. Uh, this is from uh, Friday's show. I completely understand the sentiment of wanting to keep social media away from one's kids. However, I feel as though I want my kids to know what it is, what the dangers are, and teach them how to use it responsibly. It's not easy, but I feel worth it to avoid the risk of rebelling as kids do. Well, if you can pull that one off, you're a much better dad than I am. And also, you should write a book. And make millions of dollars and then your kids will be really rich and then they can have a whole new set of problems you can try to solve. That's just uh, my, my, my recommendation to you. Uh, Brandon writes, I hate super movies too. You're not alone, Stu. Superhero movies, I don't like them. And thank you for that. This is, the, this is what I would tell you as a parent. One dad, to a mom, a dad out there. Keep your kids away from superhero movies. That's the best thing you can do to protect your kids and keep them sane. Back in a second. We talked a lot about Spotify uh, today and the whole Joe Rogan situation. By the way, did I mention that this show is on Spotify? You can go there right now and subscribe to it, follow it. I think it's follow on Spotify. I lose the term sometimes, but go do it. Subscribe, listen, follow, press play, uh, heart whatever the things you're supposed to do are, please do them. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about that and we get these statements from these artists. We had Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and then the, the triangle player from Bruce Springsteen's band and all that, that all happened. And now we have a new statement from yet another artist. And if you're rolling your eyes, uh, I don't know, you may want to wait for this one. This one might actually convince you uh, that they should pull Joe Rogan. Um, it's from James Blunt. Now, James Blunt was, uh, he did that song, You're Beautiful, uh, what was it, like? The 2000s. Seems like it was on it was on radio like constantly for like at least a year. Um, but he says and he made this statement. His Spotify does not immediately remove Joe Rogan. I will release new music onto the platform. Hashtag you were beautiful. <laughs> so if that doesn't convince you that Joe Rogan should be banned, I don't know what will. Uh, Stu does We will never ban you from that site. Stu does You are welcome there at any time. Stu does We'll see you tomorrow.